Alright, so as you know, I have a brand new joke. Okay, this was two elderly couple from the Southern Baptist Church. They were having a glass of wine. And the wife said, I love you. And the husband asked, Is this you talking or the wine talking? The wife said, I'm talking to the wine. Okay, lift up your Bible and you say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. You will reveal your heart and you will release your word for your children because they need to know what is you are talking to your children. And I pray this will not be just a time just we sit and hear some lecture, but it will be a time where the divine rhema word of God will penetrate the hearts and minds of people. And uh, yes, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, the title of my message is, I am the bread of life. And uh, the lot of statements Jesus made, and uh, he started saying uh, words that makes no sense for the people in that religious context. And he started making a lot of statements. And today we're going to take one statement, the bread of life, what it means bread of life, and we're going to talk about it. And I was just thinking, you know, when we were meditating on the scripture, it's actually in John chapter 6, but he says, I am the bread of life. When you eat me, you will never go hungry. And then he said, I am the wine. When you drink, you will never go thirsty. And, and he made a lot of statements. And when Jesus made statements, he used actually, like he knew that people often learn best when they are able to move from what is known, familiar, to what is unknown, unfamiliar. So he used statements like, you know, bread, light. He used statements like wine, door. People know that because it's everyday life. But then he used that familiar ones to describe the unfamiliar ones. That's why he made the complex issues simple and easy to understand. So Jesus was a master communicator and one of the beautiful thing about him is he never complicate things. Religion complicates. That's why religion controls, kingdom empowers. Religion is all about controlling business. Tell you what you do. Christianity is, tells you what to do. But Christ empowers you in such a way that you and me can live as kingdom citizens. So Jesus was a master communicator at helping people gaining maximum memory, understanding and transference of what he has taught them. So the word I am, and I want to take a few minutes and talk about I am. It's in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 where Moses meets God in the wilderness in a, in a very bizarre state uh, situation. He goes, he's a shepherd, he sees a bush burning and he was like, what the heck, the bush is burning. But the bush is not burning, the bush is still burning. You know, and, and he could not understand. And he looked around and then he was trying to walk lost. And the Lord says, this is a holy ground, remove your shoes. That's not the reason we remove shoes here. It's because we don't want to have the dirt of the Velour city to come inside. That's why we remove shoes. It's nothing to do with it. Anyway, but... And then God says, the whole dialogue goes, my people in Egypt are suffering, blah, blah, blah. I want you to go and redeem those people. And he's like, daddy, I, I, I can't do that. He got started stuttering. And, 
And then he gives excuse. If you read the whole Exodus chapter 3, he gives like three excuses. What if people don't believe in me? You know, what if all those things, he explains it. You know, what if they, they, don't, they reject me? You know, what, what can I do? I can't do anything. Who am I? You know, who are you? He just asks all those questions. And finally God says, in chapter 3 of 14, he says, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And, and this is something Jesus also said in John 8 verse 58. Jesus said to them, I give you this eternal truth. I have existed long before Abraham was born for I am. And the word I am, actually I want to take a few minutes to explain this word I am. I am means I am who I am. I am what I am. I will be what I will be. I am sufficient for all your needs. And that's what the word I am means. It's, 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 a, it's basically God is saying, I am with you right there where you are going through, what you are going through. And I am enough to meet everything what you are going through. And sometimes what we are going through seems more than what we can handle. Anybody can witness? Sometimes we feel like, man, I'm, I don't know what I am going through. Is Am I capable of handling what I am going through? But God says, you are not capable but I am with you so that together we can overcome what we are going through. Amen. That's why Paul says in Romans 8, in Christ we are more than conquerors. Apart from Christ we are miserable. But in Christ we are more than conquerors. And I wrote down a few sentences about I am. I am all sufficient for all your needs. I am your rest, says the Lord. I am your breakthrough. I am your provider. I am your light. I am your life. I am your protection. I am your portion. I am your inheritance. I am your promotion. I am your provision. I am your success. I am your fruitfulness. I am your healer. I am your open doors. I am your divine connector. I am your divine strategist. So I wrote down these things because sometimes we look for stuff like we look for like I know I've been to church, I go to church but then I look for something else apart from Jesus. But I think God says, you know what? In John 15, He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So that means, in me, you will find everything. I used to be like this person. I used to find stuff in Christ. Then, as you walk in closely with God, God kind of changes you in, 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 in maturity. So that's why the goal of God is never to control you. The goal of God is to mature you like His Son, Jesus. Right? So, when I am walking in that relationship with the Lord, that's why in, in Christianity is never a formula or a magic principle or you chant five times a day and then everything is going to be fine. No, Christianity, walking with Jesus, it's a relationship. So when you walk with the relationship with the Lord, it's kind of, it grows one step and after another, you kind of grow and grow. And then, now I came to realize, uh, I'm not going to find my need met in Christ, Christ is all I need in my need. Amen? Christ, I'm not going to find my breakthrough in Christ. Christ is my breakthrough. I'm not going to find my healing in Christ. Christ is my healing. I'm not going to find my rest in Christ. My rest is Christ. Christ is my rest. So, it is a journey and I believe some of you are finding your healing in Christ. That's fine. But some of you will be saying, Christ is my healing. It's, it's a journey. 
So nobody is there to compare your journey with another journey. Nobody is there to judge your journey with another journey. But my prayer is that you will kind we, as we sang the song, you know, Christ is enough for me. Amen. Because it is true, it is not a statement that we make it to make us feel good, but it is the reality of Christ who is enough. That's why Jesus said, "I am your inheritance. I am the bread of life." And Jesus used a lot of metaphors. If you look at the screen, he used many metaphors. He said, "I am the light. I am the wine. I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the alpha and omega." By the way, alpha and omega are the Greek alphabets for A and Z. Okay, I am the beginning and end. I am the first and last. I am the living waters. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the potter. So we can take all this. and we talk each week and it's so much we can learn so we just going to take one i am the bread of life and we're going to talk about it but the lord also used metaphors to express the kingdom he said the kingdom is like a farmer everybody understands what's a farmer you know in india 60% of of a population is a farming community and we don't pay attention to that but that's the reality of what's going on you know 60% of india is a farming culture so that means everything revolve around that so he said i am in the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer it's like a mustard seed okay maybe you have never seen mustard seed but you have seen coconut seed or mango seed you know because in a tropical culture so kingdom of heaven is like a king a net a merchant a east east never fights you know east never changes into doubt the doubt changes into east the east works quietly but then it, it makes change that's how you are you are a citizen of the kingdom you are quietly in your culture wherever you are but people around you are changing why because you are the east amen okay you are like a barn you are like the sower of the good seed and then the kingdom of heaven is like a treasury like a father's house and then he said you are he used metaphors like he said you are the light of the world he said i am the light but then you also said you are the light of the world the greatest address of god right now is your heart amen is no more a temple synagogue mosque the address of god is the residence of your heart that's why when you say jesus and you confess him as your lord and you believe that he paid the price for you on the cross and he died for you you are born again you have give your life to the lord you become a new creation that the bible says the old things are past and you have become new and what is the old things the sinful nature and what is sin people say oh i am not that sinful but sin is basically even a simple thing how many of you lied okay only two the rest of you are li- liars i'm just kidding <laughs> it's like it's you know we in tamil we such a funny word we say chumma sonna i don't know whether you heard that word chumma that means it's not a big deal chumma chumma i don't know how to translate chumma Yeah, there is no way to translate chumma chumma it's just like that you just do it you know just chalta hai you know just do it but but sometimes we 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 think like sin is like oh i didn't kill someone i didn't abort the baby or i didn't you know do all those things but sin is missing the mark missing the original design of god and christ comes and washes us in isaiah 112 says he washes us in such a way that we become white as snow amen so sin 
is taken care by the blood of Jesus. What needs to be happened is the relationship. We walk every day, day in, day out, so that we mature like his son Jesus. So he said, you are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth. You are the treasures in the jars of clay. You are the branch. Isn't it beautiful? When you look at these metaphors, think about it for a second. Just imagine with me. Light never fights with darkness. Hello? This morning, 5.30, Kiranti and... Uh, and Paul left Vellur in our residence because they have to move from 5.30 and all the way come here, set it up everything and check the sound and it's, it's a lot of, they spend the whole day working because it's travel time and everything. It doesn't, it doesn't look like this. It looks like this when you come at 10.30 but it doesn't look like this at 5.30 in the morning. We have ladders and stuff, the kids stuff, all this thing is a mess. So they come clean, sweep this place and... But the first thing they do, they don't do anything before they do. The first thing they do is turn on the lights. They don't say darkness leave or they don't send a WhatsApp message. We are sitting in darkness, please pray. No, they turn on the light. In other words, when light shows up, darkness leaves. So, if you are a Christian and if you are walking with in relationship with Jesus and you have taken this amazing position of being a host to host the presence of God in your life, you don't get impressed with the darkness, you get impressed with the light that is in you. Amen? So when you show up, default setting is the darkness has to flee. That's what it says here. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. What is the role of a salt? Salt, in, even in the ancient times, it's been used as to preserve, as to enhance flavor. That's why if you go to England... Uh, English dish they don't cook with anything they just boil and keep it there and uh, the first thing sorry to say but what to do that's why what would India be without cricket what would England be without curry that's a cute statement that's a reality also so the first thing they do is put the salt and pepper we don't do that because we cook with tons of salt you know <laughs> but, but the English cuisine is like that you know a cup of tea and a toast you know, and <laughs> Brother Sunil is there, no? He's back. He's, he's, he's traveling back, okay. So the whole week you must have done this. Man, what the heck? You know, it's nothing coming out, you know. But God says you are the salt of the earth. That means you are supposed to enhance the flavor. Don't say my culture is ruined. No, your culture can be enhanced because Christ in you. Amen. Don't say Tamil culture, Telugu culture, Malayalam culture is bad. No, Christ is in you so that you can actually enhance the flavor. You can redefine your culture because Christ is in you. Amen? Okay, now we're going to get into the meaty part of it. Jesus says, you know, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Okay, and then he said from the Matthew chapter 6, he, said, he taught us this prayer, right? Give us this day our daily bread. And the word bread, it's so funny because Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. So Jesus, he is the bread. He is our everything. And he says, I, I am the bread of life. And when he said, I am the bread of life, he, he, we immediately assume, when we say, give me this daily bread, we immediately assume, oh, that means he's talking about money. He's talking about provision. That's one part of it. It's not the entire part of it. Bread means your life. You see, we don't eat bread because we are not a bread culture, right? Hello? When, when, when you get sick, the doctors will say, eat bread. 
So when I was a missionary for 10 years outside India, I was sick for 10 years. Because I, all I ate was bread. <laughs> but, but here you don't eat bread. But So we don't have that idea of like bread. But bread is the one that sustains. So Jesus says, I am your bread. Give me this daily bread. In other words, Jesus was teaching his disciples. By the way, disciple means student, follower. You and me are followers, disciples, learners, students. So he's talking to the students, learners. He's saying, give me this daily bread means, give me, ask God every day the life that you need to sustain. Amen. How many times we ask things that doesn't sustain us? We say, God, give me this, give me that, upgrade this, upgrade that, give me this. But we don't ask God that sustains us. Amen. So my prayer is that that you will ask Jesus that sustains your life. In such a way that it will be beautiful. I am the bread of life. Let's look at this verse. In Matthew 6.33 it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything will be added to you. And when we read this scripture, we kind of, if you read the whole Matthew chapter 6, it gives you a different understanding. It talks about, it talks about like, hey, do you know the lotus does not even... uh, get planted but the Lord is the one who made it beautiful do you know the birds they don't go and plant anything but the Lord is the one who feeds don't worry what are you going to eat what are you going to wear where are you going to sleep but seek first the kingdom and this righteousness but it's not like something righteousness is apart from the kingdom it's just an emphasis okay it's like Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says God anointed Jesus with Holy Spirit and power so it's not like Holy Spirit is without power. It's just an emphasis. Okay. When Jesus told Martha, he said, go and tell disciples and Peter. Was not Peter a disciple? But it's just an emphasis. So righteousness means right standing with God. How many of you know you can never on your own stand right with God? Our own sacrifices never amount much to God. The Bible says our righteousness are like dirty rags. The dirty rags, I like to compare that to the one that in front of your toilet, in the bathroom. You never take that and make that as a pillow cover and sleep with that. Right? Those are the dirty rags. You never take it out. Even if you take it and put it in the washer, you take it with your, with your hand or with your stick because you don't take it like, ah, oh, that's my shovel. That's how God says your righteousness are like dirty rags. So, right standing with God is seek first the right standing with God, the kingdom. Kingdom is the person, Jesus, and everything will be added to you. See, the New Testament and the Old Testament never contradict one another. Old Testament is New Testament concealed. New Testament is Old Testament revealed. You understand? Kapish. Old Testament is New Testament concealed. New Testament is Old Testament revealed. So in other words, Jesus from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to Revelation, only one theme. The theme is redemption. Amen. We as mankind messed up. God made a lot of plans and the ultimate plan was sending his son Jesus to redeem us. That's why it starts off with the garden as a married couple and ends off in Revelations as a family wedding feast. Amen. It never started off with the Holy Ghost International Church and then a three days revival meeting in Revelation. Hello. 
It started off. That's why God is the God of families. Jesus offers himself to everyone who puts his trust in him. When you have Jesus, you have the kingdom. When you have the kingdom, you have everything. I learned this principle. Bible says seek first the kingdom, right? I learned this principle. Maybe I have taught here before, but I I felt in my heart to share this again. The word first. The word first. And I think about it a lot. You know, what is the word first means? You know, I've learned this principle over the years. So it's not my own principle, but I've learned it over the years. And I wanted to, I have put it in my heart as a practice. I'm practicing it. I want you to practice this. When you say, seeking the first the kingdom, it's not like opening first, you know, Rick Warren does this beautifully. He keeps the Bible open and sleeps in the night. So for, when you open the first thing he looks at, it is the Bible and you start reading. It's a beautiful thing. Now we keep our phone open. The first thing we say, how, what's up status? Uh, no condemnation. I'm just, you know, maybe it makes sense for some of you. Maybe it's not. But I, I, I came to realize that like, you, know, you can't just dig into this world with our stuffs all around without hanging out with Jesus and meditating his word. And we can't just say, you know, I work out only on Sundays and then the Monday to Friday, Saturday, I'm just going to relax. Imagine if you work out only one day a week. Your body is never going to show that you're going to gaining muscles or you're losing weight. But if you work out four or five days, you, 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 it's visible. I'm not saying you have to take only four or five days uh, quiet time. But I'm just giving this as an analogy to say time spent with God is never a waste of time. Amen? Look at someone and say, time spent with God is never a waste of time. Amen. So, I wrote down this principle which I have learned over the years, the word first. So, there are five things we are going to talk about. F-I-R-S-T. What does F stands for? First, F stands for finances. Is God number one in your finances? Do you give God the leftovers or you give God the first thing? I have seen people, you know, even if they don't come, they send their tithes through the envelope and say, hey, put this in the church. You know what it shows? That shows they want to keep God number one. I remember people text me and say, we have sent your tithe, Anna. We have sent, not to me. See, you don't give it to me. By the way, when you give to the church, you're not giving to the church, you're not giving to the pastor, you're giving it to God. And by the way, when you give, it's not even your money. Sorry to pop the balloon. Everything that you have is been on, given on loan from God. The better you use, the more you will be trusted. The bad you use, what is there will be even taken away. I don't know how to translate that, but it came out as a proper statement along with it. The Tamil fellows may understand. Okay. So, so finances. How do you honor Him? Do you give Him the first fruits or leftover? Do you give God, do you honor Him in every area of your life? Do you, do you, do you say, God, this is my... And I have learned this principle. It's called... 10, 10, 80 principle. And me and my wife, we've been practicing this for the last 7 years, 8 years. You know, and the Lord helped us to do this. It's called the first 10, you give it to the Lord. The next 10, you put it aside as your savings. It's not to buy a better phone. The phone will, what phone you buy now, imagine you buy iPhone 10. 2 years down the road, the 1 lakh rupee you spend on the phone is never going to be the same. You remember those Blackberry days? Now you somebody takes the blackberry and walk, you feel like praying for deliverance on that person. Why? Because it's it's no more a blackberry. 
Hello? So, you don't invest on that. You don't buy a shoe. You don't buy clothes with that savings. It's for your emergency. It's for long-term investments. For medical staff or for your emergencies or for your long-term investment. The rest, 80%, you live with that. You say, no, 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 no. I have, I need 110. I have only 80. You know what? When you honor God by giving first fruits, I tell you, I've lived my life. I'm living still. I'm, I'm a living proof, me and my family. I've told my staff to do this and they are practicing. Let me tell you, this 80 miraculously multiplies into 110 or 120 in such a way that you will always have leftovers. Amen. People say, God is the God of enough. No, no. God is not a God of enough. God is a God of more than enough. Amen. And, and I have seen people when they put it in practice and I tell you, it's, sometimes it's, you know, the first thing I will ask when people go through challenges or even when they come to know Jesus, the first thing I always talk to them about, not about, you know, uh, of course, there is a, my wife teaches about the, the life of Jesus, the sanctification, the five principles from Hebrews. But one of the things we hit them very hard is, how are you honoring God in the area of your finances? If you still say, I am the captain of the finances, then it's, you're not the, you're not given the Lord to be the Lord over finances. Either he is the Lord over all or he is not over everything in your life. And that's something we have to make. It is a mental picture. We have to say, God, you are number one in the area of finances. I'm going to honor you. The world says, get all you can, can all you get, sit on your can. That's what the world teaches. The world says, get the money, go for party, enjoy it, pay your bills, and then if you have any needs, meet, and then leftovers. You just drop it in the offering box. But the kingdom says, first honor me and then I will give you the blessings and the blessings is going to be in such a way that the world will look at you and say, my goodness, how come you can make it? Amen. You know, people sometimes say, the month end brother. Have you heard that statement? Month end brother. Packet like It's nothing in the packet. It's so dry. But I believe walking in the kingdom finances, you will never go through that. There will be some challenges. We have needs. You know, we started off with not all the money. You'll see there. We started with faith. But I tell you, God opened miraculous doors. You know, the Greeks believed something. The Hebrews believed different. The Greeks said, if you show me and I see it, okay, I will believe. The Hebrew says, I believe, therefore, I keep walking. Amen. Kingdom is like that. You will believe, you will see the glory of God. Amen. Number two. Let's quickly run to the next one. Interest. Okay. In other words, hobbies. The Bible says don't multiply gold, horses and wives. In other words, gold talks about possession, passion and position. Horses talks about power. Wives talks about lust. That's why the lust of the spirit, the lust of the flesh and the lust and the pride of life. This is what we are all going through. This is the challenge we go through. Don't multiply gold, horses and wives. Feeling good, looking good, having good. Passion, possession, position. You know, movies, entertainment, social media. It's kind of like we bombarded with this. You know, we live in a culture where we have to be entertained. And that's why the, when we were... We were, we were talking with one of the uh, guys, uh, he's pro on YouTube and he's got a channel and we were like learning some principles and he was teaching us and he said, Charles, if you don't get attention in the first 30 seconds of the young people, your YouTube will be clicked and they will take to the next, they will change. No, the first 30 seconds is the most important thing, you, you make them stay. 
and you have to and he was teaching us and he, he's he's got a team it's it's a guy from germany he's got a team and they have hits like 300000 hits 100000 hits on their youtube all christian channel and and they say we have to learn how these young people think you can have a good content but when you deliver it in such a way it's not a good content people will just flip it off that's why in youtube channel even the ads have after 5 seconds you can skip it my son knows how to skip it when he's watching peppa pig because he doesn't sit and watch those 20 seconds he says 20 seconds is too much for me he didn't say it but that's what he means by skipping it how many times you have skipped the ad hello and the 5 second ad you feel like man why don't they put a skip button on that 5 second ad am i talking to the choir yes okay this is what it means interest do you give god the number one interest or you just say my my i will just add as jesus as one of the accessories jesus is not one of the accessories that you can add on like tag along it's not something that you say well i i do my stuff but if i'm convenient i go you know one of the biggest challenges i have seen even in europe when there is a good football match nobody comes to church it's true am i right or wrong sometimes it's challenging and sometimes it's even here when when imagine csk is playing against R- rcb last night we won the match hallelujah but <laughs> you know we're going to take the fourth time but anyway i'm not promoting csk but but you know sometimes people will say brother i got some work to do we're basically saying hot star is started church comes second sometimes hobbies takes the place where god you know what is idolatry idolatry is not just kali with her tongues out with 10 hands no idolatry is basically when you put anything where god should be placed it could be even your ministry it could be even your work it could be even your family it could be even your finances anything that takes the place of god is idolatry that's why we have to challenge ourselves is jesus your number one entertainment is jesus is all sufficient to entertain or you need jesus plus something else Jesus plus something else and sometimes people say well i can't go to this church you know the early church never had if you look at the early church history they had bouncers outside now we have bouncers on strip clubs hello they had bouncers outside because they had, why they had bouncers because the church worked in a underground area because it's in a persecuted place so they would have bouncers up this is this is the real stuff i'm not making it up it's not a harry potter story so the early church they used to have bouncers outside why they will check if this guy is a spy a roman spy or is a real born again and that's why one of the fish sticker they will have this they will draw this then the other one will finish it off that's why they came to know then the first thing you do which the church we don't do it now the first thing you do you put offering in the church that's how you get in and that money is used to for food and then you bring your own food you fellowship there you talk it's never a one and a half hour service with 40 minutes of song and 10 minutes of announcement 20 minutes of teaching and then one worship song and then we give kiss and drink chai or a lemon juice no it's never like that we have turned it into like that it was a place where it's a community and there will be one guy it was it was not one guy always preaching it was always a community time where we sit and talk and share and someone will say hey this is what the lord has done this is what the lord has done and they will fellowship together and then a believer will bring another unbeliever with them and they will hear the goodness of god and they will say wow what he is talking makes sense they give their life to the lord this is the church 
we have turned into be an entertainment place now we will say ac brother is your church ac we still ask i mean i'm nothing wrong i mean today is 41 degrees by the way drink a lot of water you know when i landed in germany it was 1 degree when i came back it was 39 it's like you had five layers now you don't want to have any layer on you it's like that yeah. it's so weird it's crazy but we have turned it into entertainment place how is the worship how is it something we wanted to be part of the elite group but the church was never part of the elite group the church was the the downcast they were the most rejected down there praying in such a way and i have seen churches like this in china i've smuggled bibles in that place and those churches are thriving my prayer is india will come back to the first love amen we won't be so thrilled off by outward stuff you know these things guys all this stuff doesn't matter anything all this technology doesn't matter anything what matters is christ and christ alone amen okay is god number 1 in your finances is jesus number 1 in your interest number 3 relationship which is intimacy how was how is your fantasies thought life flirtations how what goes on in your mind how do you entertain yourself you know young people one of the biggest challenges the young people have is pornography and the recent number of pornography among women are increasing people are into, women are into watching pornography and we don't deal with these things we just keep it aside listen to me the kingdom is the only place these deep thinkings are dealt with religion shuns it religion says the moment you open your mouth and say i have a lust issue brother i have porn issue the religion shuns you you know what the world does the world celebrates you maja karna it says enjoy man this is your life only kingdom says it empowers you to be like his son jesus the world celebrates religion shuns it shames you only kingdom empowers you what is empowering the anointing of the holy spirit what is anointing i've said this before the god's ability and power in us to do things that we can never do on my own amen i was 11 years old then i got introduced with pornography i was addicted for many years the lord set me free i can tell with honestly for almost two decades i can live a lifestyle of freedom from that i tell you this i'm just i'm not saying i'm not tempted yes but i have chosen to see the goodness of the lord in the land of living I, i want to be honest with you guys because i want you to think about this is not something you know the religion says shame don't open up don't share your struggles if you share it's going to be bad oh they will going to shun you shame you that's religion we're not going to shame you if you are going through that struggle find someone find one of our staff talk we know in our staff we talk about it because we live in a culture where these things are never talked we need to talk pray for one another the more you are as sick as your secrets are amen the moment you bring things in light enemy has no power over you so that's why i wrote down intimacy is jesus your number one when things goes on in your challenges in your relationship where do you run to you run to god or you run to people rick warren says complain to god is still a worship but complain about god is is sin sometimes we say oh i don't know what god is doing in my life you just go complaining complaining and murmur doesn't gets god attention faith gets god attention god's attention amen come on guys number 4 schedule i i'm running forward because i wanted to pray with you guys at the end there is a prophetic declaration i wrote down here okay number 4 schedule in other words agenda 
Agenda means how do you fill your time? What's your top priority? Where do you fill your time with? You know, sometimes people say, well, I have given my first 10 minutes to the Lord. When I grew up, I, we used to something called Kacheri in Tamil, which is orchestra. We used to, there is a famous orchestra called Lakshman Shurudi. I don't know whether anybody heard about it. They are number one in Tamil Nadu. They sing the best cinema songs. So my dad and mom will never allow me to go and listen to them. But we went anyway. We had max tuition, science tuition, you know. <laughs> lot of tuition classes, no? Special classes. Thank God for the special I'm just kidding. <laughs> but somehow those special classes are aligned in such a way that kacheri time all work together. So we went there and we, how was your max tuition? Fantastic. Nothing I understood. You know, but we would be there, you know, and, and the first three songs they sing is always a religious song. They will sing one Christian song, they will sing one Islamic song, one Hindu song, and then the first secular song they will sing is something very vulgarish, bad, you know, dehumanizing, de- you know, like making women as a subject, as, a, as an object of sex. They will sing such a vulgar song. And I would sit there and I'm like, they just sang a nice song. You know, it's like beautiful Christian song. And then this guy is singing like, you know, I can't do that. Okay, we are live streaming it. And I will be thinking like, what is going on? That's religion. Religion says, as long as you give to God this time, whatever you do, actually that time will take care of the rest of your time. Hello? It doesn't. In the kingdom, no. In the kingdom, it's, it's different. Every time, God wants to be the number one. Hello? So, as you walk with the relationship with the Lord, now, we do still watch movies, but we ask the Holy Spirit, is this movie is going to add value into our lives? If not, we are not going to watch. So, one of the times we made a mistake, many years ago, and we went and watched this movie called 21 Jump Street. In the middle of the movie, some of you are like, yeah, what the heck, Charles, you're my pastor. Like, yes, I have made mistake. 21 Jump Street, which is sitting there and watching this movie, the Holy Spirit, in the 10 minutes down the road, the Holy Spirit saying, Mm-mm, I'm not interested in this place. I'm like, Lord, I bought this popcorn, so I need to finish this. You know, I'm like, but then finally we left halfway through, not even halfway through, in less 30 minutes we have to leave. Because why? It's not adding value. Why? My interest, my hobbies should be pleasing God. That's why Psalms 19 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, my Lord, my Savior. Amen. So what are you meditating? What are you talking? What are you watching? You know, sometimes we don't go to the movies, but we are on the YouTube. We are on the channels. You know, WhatsApp stuff. What are you putting inside? The more you put the opinion of others, the less the opinion of God comes in your life. The opposite is also true. The more the opinion of God comes in your life, the opinion of people doesn't matter. Amen? So that's why I wrote down here, relationship. How are your fantasies, thought life, flirtations? And how do you deal with opposite sex? Me and my wife, we made a policy. We will never counsel opposite sex. Never. Why? Because it's not a wise thing to do. So we made that policy just when we got married. Because... We know one of the easiest way enemy can sneak in in the marriage is through stuff like this. And we also made sure that we don't give a ride to a girl or a boy, you know, just alone we travel because the appearance of evil. 
can be like, oh, what Pastor Charles is doing. You may even, why we have made this? Because we wanted to make sure that we don't give, Bible says, don't give foothold to the enemy. Hello? It's about being wise. You know, the, Mike Pence, the vice president of America, he's, he never counseled a woman alone, except if he was with another partner or a wife. And a guy from such a high caliber can do that. Why don't we can practice it? Sometimes we say, oh, no, brother. He's only my brother. He's only my sister. Then brother and sister ran away one day. It happened. Brother, 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 sister, 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 and brother and sister. Katamogia, you know. That's why you have to honor God in the area of your relationships. Schedule. Okay. Is God your priority? Is your agenda? How are you feeling? The last one. Trouble. Circumstances. Are you going to God about people? Or are you going to people about God? You know, circumstances are like mattresses. How many of you slept on a mattress last night? Yes? All of you. If you sleep on the top, it's comfortable. Imagine you sleep under it. Circumstances are like mattresses. If you sleep, you take control of the mattresses. This circumstance is real. What I'm going through is real. But something real is more real than this is the risen Christ who is residing in my heart. And when we stand on the top, it makes it easier. And I'm saying it's not an easy ride. I have done, sometimes I have tried to sleep under the mattress. It's horrible. Because it's, it doesn't, it suffocates us. That's like that. Circumstances, when you, everything overwhelms, we feel suffocating. But that's where we have to take perspective. Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, there are times there will be nobody around you. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. How do you encourage? You dig into the world. You go back. You meditate. You start reading. You don't read and say, okay, God give me a word. No, you don't read like that. You read because you keep on meditating until you find the breakthrough. Amen. I've said this before. Stop looking for a sign and start looking for a scripture. Amen. People look for a sign. Like, oh, that rainbow, what are you teaching? It rainbowed because it rained. Oh, the two crows sitting there, what are you teaching? They're husband and wife. Don't look for a sign. Stop looking for a sign. Start searching for a scripture. Amen. This generation is so much into sign and sign and sign. Oh, what sign is happening? No, don't look for signs. Signs and wonders will accompany for those who follow him. Hello? Not like you follow the signs and wonders, then God will follow you. No, no. You follow him, you keep searching the word, signs and wonders will accompany. Amen? Okay. I wrote down this thing. I want to do like a five prophetic declarations. I want you to stand up. I'm actually done. But I want you to stand up. We're going to look up on the screen and we're going to declare this. I'm going to read this five to you. These are the five things I wrote down. Why? Because you can talk I'm the bread of life. You can say I enjoyed it. You took notes. You wrote about the first. Okay. Finances, interest, relationships, schedules, troubles. Okay. But, but that's not cut it. What cuts it? It has to go deeper. It has to go into our heart. It has to make a lifestyle. That's why I always say worship is never an event. It's a lifestyle. Amen. Christianity doesn't stop here on Sunday. It actually begins on Sunday. Church doesn't stop on Sunday. Church begins. 
church doesn't fit inside four walls church is outside the four walls so i wrote down these five prophetic statements and i want to just read it for you and then we will read it together so i wrote down here i declare jesus will be honored in the, in the area of my finances all i have belongs to him he owes me nothing i can never outgive god that's something we 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 do a prophetic declaration we forgot about it but yes we do that you know like we all we have is from him you have a wallet put your hand on your wallet just imaginary wallet say everything god has given me actually has been given on loan to me when i use it well i get more when i mess it up i lose it all it's hard to say but it's a reality that's what the bible says even what that man has been interested will be taken back from him that's what the bible says god never trust a bad steward did you know that hello this is the reality number 2 i declare my number one goal in life is to experience god and express his love that's actually e stanley jones says christianity is two faced experience expression you experience god you don't keep it and say oh church and state church and religion are separate i am not going to talk about it no you express that's why we call outreach you go out and reach you go talk to people and evangelist does not mean you have to stay in the corner and shout turn or burn evangelist basically go and tell what jesus has done in your heart that's it you go and say hey jesus like what kiran did today you know hey i know about some place where they talk about jesus you want to tag along friend came from nagpur you know and this is how it is you're not like oh you're going to turn or burn no it's just tagging along walking with the person sharing the love being that hope in the midst of hopelessness amen number 3 i declare i'm not going to give leftovers but the best of everything to god best of my time best of my money best of my relationship best of my mind best of my health and that's one of the reason we take rest also you know sabbath is important something that god has been teaching us and which we are not so wise in putting it he has been asking us what is the one thing that you do every day as a rest you know and the, recently what i do right now i take my phone off i i don't have any notification so if you send me a whatsapp i don't unless i open it i turn off all the notifications i keep the phone instead of phone dominating me i am dominating the phone now amen so i am with my kids reading books talking playing with them my wife is like wow honey i love you you know and before i used to be like all the time with the phone and i even when i take the kids on the park i'll be with my phone some notification that my isa could say child daddy put your phone away i'm like what the heck you're talking about now i do that why because i'm learning i want to give the best to my family i can't give leftovers to my family amen i can't give leftovers to god you can't just get worn out and then say oh i'm going to meditate psalm 117 cuz only two verses are there no no that's why then the third one uh, so fourth one i declare even when life sucks right sometimes life sucks right even when life sucks what i go through is temporary and it's not permanent i will overcome and declare the goodness of the lord in the land of living see this is the principle what you saw is not what you see now then what you see now is temporary not permanent amen what you saw in the spirit is not what you see now then what you see now is temporary not permanent amen 
So sometimes life sucks. Sometimes life throws at you rocks that you can't even imagine why it comes in your life. But then you say, this is not what I saw. Joseph didn't see pit. He saw sun and moon bowing down. So he saw the pit and he said, this is not what I saw. So I'm going to keep moving. Amen? Last but not the least, I declare I will pour gasoline over my dreams and water over my fears. Many people do it opposite. They'll pour water over their dreams, gasoline over their fears. They say, oh, you know, this is the thing. You know, so that people around me will witness the hand of the Lord and glorify God. Isn't it beautiful? Uh, You can even take a picture if you want. I can send this notes. It's all written in there. Take a printout, put it on a bathroom screen where you see or in the fridge magnet or something where you can read this. This is who you are. This is the reality. I want to declare, I want you to declare this from your heart. Make it personal. Put your hand on your heart and you look in the screen and let's open our mouth and declare. One, two, three. I declare Jesus will be honored in the area of my finances. All I have belongs to him. He owes me nothing. I can never outgive God. Number two, I declare my number one goal in life is to experience God and express His love to the nations. Number three, I declare I'm not going to give leftovers but to give best of everything to God. Best of my time, best of my money, best of my relationships, best of my mind and best of my health. Number four, I declare that even when life sucks, what I go through is temporary, it's not permanent. I will overcome and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. Number five, I declare I will pour gasoline over my dreams and water over my fears so that people around me will witness the hand of the Lord and glorify God. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? This is your life. I believe this season God is going to take you to the place where you will declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of living.